what God is going to do. We've no idea what he's going to say. We've no idea what we want him to say. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm quite encouraged by that because I think that really gives God space to, to speak um, and to, to do something great, I think. That's just kind of where I'm at. Um, and I went, spent a lot of time looking at different stories where God spoke to people. And I kind of came into land um, on Acts chapter 10, um, when Peter goes up onto the roof. Um, we're going to read that story. If you've got your Bibles, Acts 10, you might want to go there. I'm going to refer to it a little bit. If you haven't got your Bible, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me up there. I call it the Sky Bible. It makes it easier to you know, talk about. Um, I'm going to jump in at verse 9, but just the beginning, there's a man called Cornelius. He's a centurion. He's not a Jew. He's not a Christian, but he fears God. He's a a righteous man, Um, and God gives him a vision. An angel comes and just freaks him out and says, go and find a man called Simon, Simon Peter. He's staying at another man called Simon's house, which is confusing, but you'll figure it out. And he lives by the sea. Um, It sounds like the start of a tongue twister. Go and find Simon with Simon by the sea. Um, So he sends his men off. Um, this happened yesterday. We go in at verse nine. Hopefully, Steve. There we go. Um, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey, those men that Cornelius had sent, um, and approaching the city, Peter went up onto the roof to pray. He became hungry, wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, and he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back up to heaven. Now, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and they stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And for the sake of time, I might just paraphrase. Um, they go over Cornelius' story again. There's an angel. He sent us to find you. Um, he's a decent bloke. We're looking for you. Uh, Peter goes with them. And let's go to verse 27. And we're now a day ahead. Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you're well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Skipped hello and just went for that. Um, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent me? Um, and then again, they go over Cornelius' story, um, the vision, the angel. Go and get Simon Peter, bring him back here. Um, and then Cornelius says to Peter, um, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And then Peter 
sorry, I'm paraphrasing completely now, um, proceeds to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And this is something that's completely unheard of before this moment. He starts with the idea that God gave a message to the, the Jewish nation um, about Jesus, the Lord God. Um, he was anointed by God to heal, um, restore and overthrow the powers of evil. Um, in the name of God, he was arrested and crucified on a cross. He was raised from the dead three days later um, into life. And that was witnessed by us. And he says, and we've been chosen to spread the news to the ends of the earth. And whilst he's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls on the, the Gentiles there, which just blows the minds of his Jewish friends who've come with him. Um, and that all of them are just baptised into the church. And the church of Jesus Christ in the world suddenly just takes on this whole new dynamic. Um, and I sort of read this story and I was saying, you know, God, where are we going to, where can we launch from into this week of prayer and fasting? I thought, this is a really cool one. Thank you. This what incredibly significant event in the early church. And at the start of our week of prayer in February 2020, um, you know, how is how can this be significant to us? What do I, I want us to take a few things away today. So if you're taking notes, three things. This week, we need to have open ears, open minds, and open hearts. So if you're writing them down, open ears, open minds, open hearts. So, open ears. We need to give God time and space to speak to us. And we need to do that properly. Um, It said in verse 9 that Peter went up onto the roof to pray. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. Whilst the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So it's dedication on Peter's part. I mean, he he sort of started his own prayer meeting and then fell asleep at it, which is not so good. Um, But, you know, he was feeling a bit hungry. It's nearly lunch. He had a choice at that point. He could have nipped into the kitchen. What's going on? How can I muck in, lend a hand, speed things up so we can all eat a bit quicker? Or he thought, I've probably got ten ten minutes. I'm going to go up on the roof and I'm going to seek the counsel of God Almighty for my day. Um, And I think it's really important to... Give God space to speak. Because if you don't give God space to speak, you might struggle to hear him, which sounds very, you know, oh, thanks, Dad, for that amazing revelation. Um, but it's easy to say that, but it's quite difficult sometimes to do that because life is busy. This week is going to be a normal week for you, and you're trying to add in a week of prayer and fasting um, with all my friends at church. If we don't create space in our schedule to hear from God, we might, not, we might struggle to hear from God. That's not to say God won't interrupt us. He does that if it's something really important. Um, And he might do. But in my experience, um, those who hear from God are those who listen to God. And those who listen to God do so intentionally. It's not by accident. You don't accidentally listen to anything. Um, And I just want to mention, anybody that's feeling... It's scary. God's, hearing from God is a bit can be scary. Okay, you know we talked about the storm. Martin talked about the storm and the fact that it's powerful and, and uncontrollable. We don't know what it's going to do if we go outside into the storm. And listening to God can be a bit like that. If we open our ears to God, He could say He could say anything. Like He could He could ask me to do something scary. Um, or what if I open my ears to God and He says nothing? Some of us feel like that. We think God speaks to everybody else, but He doesn't speak to me. Or you might be again, oh, there was once upon a time, Daz, God, yeah, he spoke to me all the time, and I was pictures left, right, and center, and, and, but that, it's been a while, and I don't, maybe God doesn't speak to me anymore, 
Or maybe I, I just don't remember what his voice sounds like. Maybe that's kind of where you're at at the moment. You're thinking, oh, prayer and fasting, yeah, that's for everybody else. I'm just going to kind of keep my head down and get to the end and see what God says to everybody else. Um, but we are a Baptist church. We believe in a congregational sort of leading. We believe that God speaks to everybody. Um, and maybe this is the week that you can try again. You can give God time and space to speak to you and you can trust him to do so. Um, but we're only going to hear from him if we have open ears, like Peter did. He went up on the roof to give God the space. We also need an open mind. Now, this took Peter a little bit longer because um, initially he was quite the opposite of open-minded, which is religious. Is that what you said? No, closed-minded, narrow-minded. Um, he has this vision. The sheet comes down. The voice of God booms out. It's all these animals. Kill and eat, Peter. And he says, I think quite hilariously, surely not, Lord. Right? Like he forgets who he's talking to. Surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Like he's, he's always saying, my standards have not slipped. Yours might have done, but mine have not. All right, God. And God says to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And it's like a slight warning there, I think. I speak to my three-year-old like that sometimes. When she's, I say, right, we need to get ready to go. She goes, no, Daddy. I say, no, you don't. You don't. This is not how those relationships work. I say no to you. You can't say no to me. That's not, that's not what happens in this relationship. Um, Peter doesn't quite get it. Three times, you know, God has to sort of say to him, no, you can kill and eat. And he goes, no, no, surely not, Lord. I'm not, oh, disgusting. Um, which is exactly the same, actually, with me and my three-year-old. She's, you know, I repeat myself a lot. And she turns, sometimes she turns around and looks at me in the eye just to make sure I'm looking. And she goes, no, Daddy. Like, not, I think you're hearing me, you're not understanding. Um, I think, yeah, no, it's inside all of us, isn't it, that, whatever that is. Um, but Peter doesn't quite get what God is trying to tell him. Um, probably because it's just a bit too much for his brain to, to handle. You know, his whole life, I mean, this is, this is the law. He's not allowed to eat these animals. This is the law. The law that was given to Moses hundreds of years ago. Um, and since then, everybody has kind of had, this is what God has said, this is God's way, this is not God's way, and this is God's way, and this is God. And, and all of a sudden, God is saying, you know, you eat this. And Peter's like, but no, I can't do that. Like, that's, that's not right. And God said, no, you can eat some of these. And he's like, no, no, that's not, it doesn't make sense. This is, this is he can't, understand what God is asking him to do. It's something uncomfortable. It's something unthinkable. It's outside of what he understands is God's way. Um, and so, but he spends time, it's, you know, there's a couple of references in the passage where it says he's, he's sitting and thinking about the vision. He doesn't just completely dismiss it. He's, his mind begins to open initially, sitting on the roof thinking, what is God trying to tell me? I'm not sure this is right, but I'm just going to think it through. Um, before he quite gets there, the Spirit of God kind of interrupts and gives him a kick up the butt. Right, there's some guys downstairs. Go down to them um, and follow them without hesitation because he knows he's going to go down and find some Gentiles, ask him to visit a Gentile. And he's going to think, oh, that's another thing like I can't do. Um, so he goes down. Peter's obedient again. In the middle of his confusion, in the middle of his kind of closed-mindedness, narrow-mindedness, he goes with God's plan anyway. Let's be like Peter. I think he get, eventually gets it right here. He's open-minded eventually because we might think we know what God is going to say. We've seen the pictures. We're looking going, there's one very obvious choice here. That's the one that God's going to pick. But actually, um, 
if we assume we know what God is going to say, or we're thinking, but God already told us, you know, we've got a picture on the wall over there that's been there for years, that's what God has said. Can he say something new? Well, why would he? He's already told us this is God's way. Maybe, just maybe, God is going to say, here we go. I'm going to do something greater. I'm going to do something new. And we might think, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure, God, if you can do that. But if we do that, we limit what God can do because you say, no, God has already said, so he cannot say. And Peter was open-minded to what God was asking him to do. And we need to have open minds to what God is going to say to us because it might be something that we think, I don't know, I'm not sure. Open ears, open minds, open hearts. The last one, we're nearly there. Peter finally realised what God wanted, finally got there. Um, and his heart opened up to the Gentiles, you know, in a way that it never, probably never would have before, um, because he realised that God wanted to expand his love beyond just the nation of Israel. Now they were his favourite, his chosen nation, and now God wanted to do something amazing and open himself up to the world at large. Um, and Peter was able to be a really key part in that because he was just so handsome and capable and brave and courageous. No, wait. That wasn't why. Because he was open to what God wanted to do and he was obedient. And he, in the middle of his confusion and oh, I don't know what God is doing here, he went along with God and he sort of went downstairs. He met those guys. He fumbles along following them. And suddenly he finds himself in the middle of a room of Gentiles, all his Jewish mates behind him sort of reeling like in their tunics, what is happening right now? I don't think we should be here, this is not safe. Um, and then Cornelius kind of spells it out for him. Go back and read the story, it's really quite a cool one. Um, it says, literally, now we're all standing here, Peter. Um, you know, I can imagine all staring at him. We're all stood here waiting to hear what God has sent you to say to us. And he's thinking, oh my goodness, what do I... And he suddenly realises, and he says, I now realise... I've had this vision, he's thinking, I now realise that it's true. God does not show favouritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And we see Peter, the key role um, in this, this dawn of a new era for the, the global church in the lives of Jesus' followers. Um, and you know what, church, I think God wants us to see his heart this week. Um, and I want... I think his heart is turned to his children who don't know him. And then we talked a bit about that again before. Um, particularly, I guess, in our cases, is people in Court Lodge immediately around us who don't know Jesus, the people that you work with, the people that you go to college with, the people that you um, see out on the street. As we pray this week, let's open our heart to those people and think about how does what God is going to tell us next impact them? Because I'll tell you what they don't care about. They don't care what shape we build a room. They don't care how much it's going to cost. It doesn't matter to them. And that doesn't mean it doesn't matter to God, but that's not his heart. His heart is not to build a, an octagon. And his heart isn't to give us two million quid or whatever it is. That's not his heart. His heart is to send us forward in life, and in whatever way that's going to look, um, to let our light shine. That's our vision. Um, and don't sit this week and pray, God, what shape should we build the room? Because we, we might be limiting God in what he can tell us. 
and we might be missing out on something new, something greater than building an octagon over there. So let's have open ears. Let's have open minds. Let's have open hearts to what God is going to say this week. Let's give him the space. Let's trust him to speak to us. And if you're really not sure at the beginning of this week, just give God a chance. Ask him to speak to you, and I think he will, because he's good. It might freak you out, but that's okay. We're all freaked out. Let's pray. I'm kind of done, I think, now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Peter. What a fantastically relatable um, character he is. He doesn't always get it right. Um, sometimes he's a bit obnoxious. And, um, you know, but you used him. He was a broken vessel in which you put your treasure. And he changed the world because he was willing to be open to you. And in this room we might feel like a whole bunch of broken vessels and we don't know what's going on. But we know that we love you. We know that we want to... Let our, the light of you that is in us shine to the people around us. Help us to create time and space in our week this week um, to, to let you speak to us, Lord. Please speak to us. Oh, how encouraging it would be to hear from you. Um, and if you just, just spoke to us and we still at the end of the week didn't really know what was going on, Lord, we would be encouraged because you are the greatest treasure that we can know. And it is a joy just to know you, just to hear from you. Help us to have open ears, open minds and open hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.